At North Point Community Church, we are passionate about helping our community move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. And we hope this message helps you do that. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Good, all right, all right, a little gloomy out, we're getting not as much energy, that's okay, we'll still get into it. Hey, uh, I need somebody who's got really good judgment skills this morning, somebody who's really good at finding the issue. Please stop poking your wife right now, husbands, that's not going to be helpful, okay? <laughs> somebody who's good at finding it, um, okay, nobody's doing it, I'm going to have to call him out, I see him smiling at me, John Seeker, would you be my buddy this morning? Come on, yes, I love it, John is my guy, every time I see John, come on, give me, give me a round of applause. Come on. Every time I see John when I walk in the building, man, he's always got a really big smile on his face. I love it. It warms it up, man. Come on over here. Give everybody a big smile. Say, hey. And hey. Helps, us, <laughs> helps us make sure the microphone's working. That's part of it, man. Uh, John, what we're going to do this morning, uh, the screen behind you, we're going to have a few pictures. You can come right here, buddy. I'll get out of your way. Uh, we're going to have a few pictures. And what I need you to do is I need you to find out where the issue is. I need good judgment skills from you this morning. Uh, you know, you don't have to Go dig too hard, you're gonna okay. find it, okay? So just be on here, look at the screen, let me know what you see. We've got three pictures. Where's the issue, John? What's the ad? I see a lot of people oh. out there have seen it. His teeth. In his teeth, he's got something in his teeth. Okay, what about the second picture? <laughs> he's got something in his teeth. Okay, what about this last one? There's, there's a theme in the teeth. In the teeth, okay. John, there absolutely is a theme on here, man. I wanna walk through these with you one more time. Okay. Uh, you did really good, but look at this first picture here. Uh, there is indeed something in his teeth, but I'm also curious why that woman has six fingers on her left hand. <laughs> That's weird, right? What about this next one over here? Uh, she's really happy to be there. In fact, her arm's kind of around him. <laughs> but she's in front of him. Yeah, she's also in front of him. I think she should be concerned. But our last picture here, uh, his teeth are great, but he's also missing an ear. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, right? Good stuff, man. John, I appreciate you coming up here, buddy. Thank you, man. Give John a round of applause. Uh, those pictures were part of an ad down in Brazil that they did for Colgate when they were trying to uh, get out this brand new dental floss. And so uh, they did all these Photoshop errors on purpose to show people that, hey, uh, you think you have good judgment skills, you think what's there, uh, but sometimes we really, we miss the whole picture at times. Uh, it also wanted to help people recognize that you look at people's teeth. So go ahead and floss. Are there any dentists in the house? I'll take a kickback later, okay? So there you go. Uh, those are fun pictures. This morning, uh, we are working through uh, our crazy talk series here looking at Jesus's Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. And the whole big idea this summer has been that Jesus's sermon had some pretty crazy talk to it. That the ideas, the principles, the guidelines that Jesus gives uh, at times can feel a little crazy. Uh, but the truth is crazy can change the world. And so we're moving into the final chapter of this Sermon on the Mount here, chapter seven uh, today. And we're going to see some crazy stuff that Jesus said when it comes to judging. So let's read through this passage together this morning, and then we're just going to take some time uh, and break it down bit by bit. Matthew chapter seven, the first six verses. Uh, Jesus said this He said, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. 
First take out the log of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So as I said before, we're in the last chapter here of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew. And Jesus brings up this idea of placing judgment on others. This, this isn't like American Idol judgment, or if you're an Olympic junkie like me, this isn't like the judgment that you have from the, from the swimming or diving or gymnastics or any of this thing. Like this is a different kind of judgment that Jesus is talking about here. The, the word that he uses uh, in the original language actually has legal connotations to it uh, to mean condemn. That what Jesus is talking about here is prideful condemnation of somebody else. So look at these first couple of verses. Let's break this down. Uh, he says this. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. See, what Jesus is trying to get across to uh, those that are there with him and what's written down here is this idea that the standard that you give to others is what they will return to you. The standard that you give to others is what they will return to you. And what's interesting about uh, this, these first couple of verses here is that God is actually not mentioned here. That we recognize and we know that, that God is the ultimate judge because he is perfect and he reigns above all, that his judgment is right and just, yet he also has this perfect capacity for mercy and grace. In fact, it's all of those things that, that make him sovereign. It's what, what makes him Lord. It's what makes him God. First Samuel 16, 7, put it this way. It says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. See, as we break through this passage, we're going to see that this passage is really all about how you and I view and treat others. That Jesus simply says, don't judge and you won't be judged by others. And he gives this analogy of weights. And he says, look, whatever weight that you place on other people, whatever standard that you give to somebody else, that is the standard. That is the weight that they are going to place upon you. And this is incredible advice here because stop and think for a moment, like, like how do you want other people to judge you? How do you want other people to judge you? Back when I was 16 years old, I worked at a pizza place called La Rosa's down in Cincinnati. It was this huge pizza chain right down from my house. Absolutely loved it. I was so excited to work there because I wanted free pizza. So that was like my whole motivation. Uh, they also paid me money. Money's good, right? So uh, I'm working in there and I learned very early on that one of the most important things you can do while working at that La Rosa's was to avoid Kevin. Yeah, Kevin was uh, one of the store managers, right? Like I know I'm worse than you guys. You guys never avoid your bosses and managers at work, right? Nobody does that. That was just me. Okay. So Kevin was uh, one of the store managers, and Kevin was incredibly nitpicky at times. Like, no matter what you did, Kevin always could find something wrong with it at any time. Like, we would know in the kitchen, it was funny to watch, like, Kevin would enter in the kitchen, and everybody would just, like, split. Like, you would be walking, everybody would just turn and, like, start doing something else, because it was like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, right? You just avoided Kevin, and no matter what, he'd come up, and he'd say, oh, your pizza... It's got nine pepperonis. It's supposed to have 10. Thanks, Kevin, right? Oh, you used the red straws. Those are supposed to be the white straws. We're not using red anymore, right? Which it's fine to have a standard, but it was like every conversation with Kevin, he was just gonna tell me something I did wrong. Uh, and it really hurt morale of the store all the time, but we could always corral around one thing. 
And that was when Kevin made a mistake, <laughs> right? Like Kevin made a mistake and it was moths to a flame. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, you did it wrong, buddy. You did it wrong. Like everybody was on him at that point in time because there's something about this, the standard that we give to other people, we can expect to get in return. The standard that Kevin gave us, we were ready to put on him. We see this everywhere in our life as well. Look, I, I don't wanna stand before other people and be held to an impossible standard. Like, I don't wanna stand before other people and be nitpicked over every single one of my mistakes. I don't wanna stand before other people and be held accountable for things that, man, I can't control. Yet when my coworker makes a mistake, I'm ready to nitpick whatever that was. When my kid is playing sports or in school, I expect excellence all the time. When something happens at home, man, I am angry at my wife for things that she could have never controlled. See, I judge. I judge all the time and in ways that are completely unfair and in ways that I would never, ever hold myself to. See, we set others up for failure in judging and without realizing it, man, we are setting ourselves up for failure as well because the way that we judge others is how they will judge us. The standard we put on others is the standard they will give to us that your kids, your spouse, your coworkers, your friends, they're gonna nitpick your ideas or jump on your mistakes or always want more from you if that is the standard that you set on other people. Like, let's be honest, we want second chances. We want grace, we want understanding, we want compassion, we want honest evaluation, but we're never gonna get that in our offices or in our families or in our friendships until we first take the lead and give that out to other people. Jesus points out beautifully here that whatever we use to measure others is what will be measured against us. So judge not and you won't be judged. He gives this analogy, a kind of a fun analogy here uh, in verse three. He says, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You guys ever had something in your eye before? It's the worst, right? Like we've all experienced this before. Uh, when my wife and I moved to a house down in Cincinnati, it was our first home that we bought together. And uh, there was this like little uh, like crawl space area that the door kept coming off. They had some staples to it and I needed to fix it. So I'm trimming staples, like big industrial staples out of this door. And as I trimmed one, it ricocheted off of the piece of wood right back in my eye. Like, and immediately I was like, I'm blind, I'm done, right? Like, I'm gone, this is, this is so bad, and it hurts so much, my eye is swelling up, and I've got a piece of metal stuck in my eye in this moment. And so what do I do? I call out for my wife, Ashley, to come, and she has to help me literally, like, pick this piece of metal out of my eye and wash my eye out. Now, here's the thing. She could have just laughed at me, right? She could have came up to me as I'm, like, writhing in pain going, you should have worn safety goggles, Right? She could have taken pictures and posted it on Instagram at any point in time, like hashtag dumb husband. She didn't do any of those things, right? Like she came down and she actually helped me out. See, a lot of times uh, when this passage is taught, it's taught with the idea that says, hey, we have to deal with our own sin before we can help others deal 
with their sin. That if we fix our problems, we can help other people's fix theirs too. And at one point in time, I used to think that's what this meant, uh, that competency allowed me to get involved in somebody else's problems. But that interpretation goes uh, against what Jesus just said about judging. Like, why would Jesus tell me not to judge and then immediately make a way for me to judge others as long as I'm good enough? Because honestly, I will never be good enough. I am consistently dealing with some area of my life that needs more grace and more patience and more help in, and I will never have it mastered enough to be able to fix somebody else. That's why Jesus does the fixing. See, I think the log in my own eye in this passage is not about sin, but rather it is actually about the act of judging. There's a section in a book called The Good and Beautiful Life by James Bryan Smith where he discusses this idea. And it's the idea that the judging is not the way to help somebody solve their problems. That judging is actually the log that gets in the way. Jesus gives this funny analogy here of somebody trying to, to help somebody else get a small speck or a piece of sawdust out of their eye when that person's got this giant log blocking their vision or blocking their own way. Because the reality is it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can't help somebody by judging them. You can't. You can't fix somebody else's problem by judging them. In fact, the bigger problem is that you are trying to be a judge. Like that is not our job. Our job is to love and to come stand beside. In fact, Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not because you have all the answers, not because you have the best advice, not because you have the best judgment skills. It's by your love for one another. Another. In fact, later on, when the religious leaders come up to Jesus and they ask him, Jesus, man, what is the greatest commandment? What is, what is the one thing every follower of God must do? Jesus responds in Matthew 22, and he says, look, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and all the prophets. Jesus is saying again here, judge not. That we weren't created to hand out verdicts, to be the jury or to pass judgment. In fact, when we do so, it puts a log in our way so that we can't actually help the people that are dealing with specs or issues in their lives. We were created to love God and to love Others. Now, don't get me wrong. Loving doesn't mean ignoring things that are going to cause them harm. That's actually unloving to do. But it also doesn't mean highlighting their wrongs in a way that, that only hurts or embarrasses or condemns them. That's judging. Loving is when you come stand beside someone to help them through their pain, their faults, and their issues. It's restoration. It's restoration. It's when you come stand beside to help somebody through pain, faults, and issues. That's loving. That is restoration. That's helping someone from where they are to get closer and to become more like Jesus. That it's not about exposing them or, or, or placing them beneath you, which is really what judging is, right? Like standing on somebody else to make ourselves look better. But rather, it's about helping them move towards a life fully devoted to Jesus. 
See, Jesus referred to those who attempt to judge the sins of others without recognizing that their own judgmental attitude was in fact a sin as hypocrites. Now, we all have this picture of hypocrites in our mind, like you probably have a person maybe popping in your head, whatever it is. Uh, But the word that Jesus used here in the original text for, for hypocrites was actually a word that could be interpreted as actor, as actor today. Jesus says you are performing or pretending to be something or someone else when you focus on the issues of everybody else, but not your own stuff, when you are judging. See, when we judge, it's not really about what is right or wrong. A lot of times it's about putting on a show to just look better than those around us. Jesus then moves on in verse six. He says this, he says, do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. See, this last verse kind of feels a little weird, right? Like we're talking about pigs and dogs and pearls and attacking, and it feels a little separated out from from everything else that's going on here because it doesn't really mention judgment by name, but it actually continues the thought pot, the thought thought pattern, the thought thought right? I'm gonna try English. The thought pattern that Jesus had here in the first five verses. Jesus is saying here, he's saying, hey, look, be careful how you approach others. Be careful how we approach others. See, when we read this, the temptation is to think that Jesus means uh, don't give good stuff to people who aren't worthy or don't waste your time on people who won't get it. But that doesn't really fit with what Jesus is teaching. See, first of all, like none of us are worthy, right? Paul says in Romans that all have sinned and, and we all fall short of God's standard. That if that's what Jesus was saying, like he wouldn't have shown up on this earth and given us himself, Second, this isn't a question of worth. Instead, it's a question of people's ability to understand. Here's the thing. Did you guys know pigs can't eat pearls? Right? Nobody's like tried this before and like gone to a pig's time and like, here's my pearls, right? Nobody's done that, right? But you probably don't know. Pigs actually cannot eat pearls. They can eat a lot of stuff, but their bodies will not digest pearls. And so uh, if you were to do that, they ignore them. They step over them. They trample on them. Uh, they put them away. Even though we know they're valuable, pigs don't care. They just get rid of them. They step on them. Pigs can't eat pearls, but you know what they can't eat? You. <laughs> Pigs can eat you if they get hungry enough. Pigs can actually eat people, which is why Jesus said in here, they will turn to attack you. See, just like pigs can't take in pearls, people can't take in being judged. So even if, even if your judgment is right, if your opinion and advice is good, people will still avoid it if the approach is wrong. Even if your judgment is right, your opinion and your advice is good, people will still avoid it if the approach is wrong. They'll do exactly what hungry pigs do and they will attack you. Why? Because by being judging, you aren't being helpful or meeting people where they are, but rather you are condescending and putting them down. And nobody responds well to that. There's times you've gotten advice at work or from a friend that wasn't really to help you. Like you've felt that before. Someone who just pointed out what you did wrong just to let you know you were wrong. And you can feel the difference between advice from a place of judgment and advice from a place of love. See, Jesus started this whole section off by telling us, hey, judge not that you will not be judged. And when you give someone your pearls of advice or or judgment, better known as judgment, recognize that in return, you will eventually be judged by them. You are trying to give somebody something that they can't handle. Your method is wrong. You have to know what somebody can handle 
or digest. And the only way to do that, the only way is through a loving relationship. There has to be trust and love behind those pearls. Otherwise, they can't be digested. See, I played a lot of different sports growing up. And uh, one of the ways that you get better at sports is by sitting down and going through uh, film study. In high school, I had a basketball coach who, uh, after every game, would sit the entire team down in his teeny tiny office. So we're like really close in next to each other, and we would do film study together. And our coach was a very smart guy. Like he knew basketball very well. He knew our conference very well. He knew what we needed to do to get better very, very well. But he didn't know us. He didn't know his team. He never talked to us about anything else outside of basketball. And so nobody ever really had a relationship with him. As a result, we would sit in these film studies where he critiqued our play and he gave us advice. And honestly, they were just a big waste of time for any of us because guys didn't trust him. And guys would get really, really resentful. In fact, our team actually never got better at any point in time that year, even though his advice was good. Even though he knew all the things that could help us, even though we did all the film study, even though we saw all the problems that were still there, nobody trusted him. Nobody got better. Our team stayed the same because there was no credibility or care with his players. You have to have relationship before you can give out your pearls. Jesus goes on uh, in the next few verses here to give some really good practical ideas of things to do that we can, we can help others. And we're gonna get into that over the next few weeks here as we end out this crazy talk series. Uh, but the goal of today and the goal of this section from Jesus is not about fixing your neighbor or your friend or your kids or your spouse. These first six verses are about fixing you. It's about recognizing the sinful desire inside of us to be the judge of other people. We have to be able to, to recognize that. We've gotta be able to remove that because we weren't created to be judges, but rather we were created to love. And in doing so, man, that love begins to open up doors and opportunities for the love of Jesus to begin moving in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, and to do what it does best in the hearts and in the lives of others. See, judging is, is Jesus's job. John 5 uh, it says this, it says, for the father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, meaning Jesus, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He who does not come, he does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. That Jesus actually has the authority and the credibility to be the judge. In fact, uh, we read through the Bible, we get to the end of Revelation, and it tells us that he's actually going to judge all according to their deeds. And he'd have punished those that don't know him as Lord and Savior. And yet we get encouragement in James chapter 2 that says things like mercy triumphs over judgment. That even though Jesus is the just judge, man, he's also merciful and a reason that we can find forgiveness and grace and salvation from the judgment that honestly you and I deserve so, so much that judging is Jesus's God because he knows how to do it right. And because he is completely just and completely loving and completely right and completely merciful. Jesus told us to judge not because the reality is 
none of us are any good at it anyway. Whether it's, it's looking at a coworker's motives, someone's opinion on politics, the way their sister-in-law raises her kids, or even just a picture of some guy with junk in his teeth. Too many times we just don't see the whole picture. Man, as Christ followers, you and I have the opportunity to do something crazy that can change the world. We have the opportunity to spread love instead of judgment, kindness instead of hate, peace instead of anger, understanding instead of condemnation, and Jesus instead of anything else that this world holds on to. See, my challenge is as we leave this building at some point in time today at lunch or when you get to the office tomorrow or when you're with your kids later on, something's gonna happen and you're gonna be tempted to judge. Judge not and instead seek to love as Christ loves. And in doing so, man, you may get the opportunity to create a better relationship where Jesus can do more than that moment of judgment. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you that, that you are the judge, that you have the capacity for what is right in this world, Lord, that you have the capacity, Father, to know what is good, to spread mercy, to spread love, Lord. And Jesus, we just ask, Father, that, that you would help us to love more and to judge less. And God, when there's those moments that we can speak truth in someone's life, Father, help us Help us to come with those pearls, Father, in, in a loving relationship, in a manner of kindness, in a manner of care, so that we can just spread more of who you are to all those who need you so desperately, Jesus. We love you, and we pray all this in your name.